We're glad to have David and Nick here today. Um, we read that uh, psalm this morning, and uh, you know the idea that worship is the primary thing. And so David began a tradition that we just send our worship leaders. Uh, he went off to Germany and then came back, and Josh replaced him. He went off to Mexico, and then uh, David came back. And then David went back to Mexico, and Jason came on. Now Jason is in Scotland. So the question is, where's Stephen going to go? With the last name like German, I think he's probably already signed up. David's got him ready to plant a church someplace where he's at. But God has been good to us as a church. We love to worship. And we love to take God's worship around the world. And... Uh, I'm glad that Nick's going to speak this morning. Everything he says sounds so authoritative because he has that rich South African flavor. And uh, he's just going to tell us a little. They're here uh, because God has put such a burden on their heart to reach Germany and Europe, Western Europe. Uh, in, their, in their church is, what, 45-plus nations represented just in their church. There's not one guy in the elder board that's from the same country. I think it's what Paul had in mind. I think it's what's what the Lord had in mind, that all the nations would praise the Lord. And so it's such an amazing opportunity. They want to plant also, they, they are German-speaking. I mean, excuse me, they are, yeah, many of them are German-speaking, David's German-speaking, but the English-speaking congregation, because that's the international language, and there's such so many people that they can reach from all these nations that speak English that also speak another language. But they also want to plant German congregations, and the Lord is blessing right now. So they have put together kind of what I call a catalyst organization called Aquila Project. And I want Nick to come and talk about that. And then, Nick, you can introduce your pastor, okay? So, as you heard, uh, my name is Nick. I am South African, born and raised. I grew up in Johannesburg, um, but born in Cape Town. And, uh, well, my wife and I, we moved to, uh, to Germany seven years ago, just a, exactly a year before David actually arrived. And um, we, uh, well, the main reason why we moved there is uh, we, we, we felt very convicted to uh, specifically move to Germany of all places, despite um, I had spent many, many years... Um, traveling and doing ministry in different parts of, of, of Southern Africa, various different countries there. And I always thought I'd be in the red sand uh, ministering to, to people, but he sent me to Germany. And um, not long after I got there, David arrived and we immediately uh, connected, I would say. Um, so we've been uh, involved in IBC Cologne in Germany uh, since, since getting there. And we've known David since he was there. Um, we, well, uh, we, we simply wanted to set up, we, we saw the need in, in Germany and across Europe. Um, the need is very blatant, very clear. The majority of the people um, do not believe in God. Um, they, um, there, is, there is just absolute darkness uh, across the, the entire continent. And the church is not there. Um, the way we understand church, or the way you understand church, um, it's just not there. And um, we started the Aquila Initiative purely with the mission to 
um, come alongside and train up and uh, help the church establish more churches. Um, we want to be the, the catalyst, like, like Paul said so well, uh, to see that happen, not just in Germany, but across uh, Europe. Um, one of you know, the two main things that we're trying to achieve right now is to set up um, an apprenticeship program. Uh, we want, we're hoping to get uh, Stephen Campbell, which many of you know, um, across from, uh, from the UK, to join us there to set up the, uh, the apprenticeship program, which is really just intended to uh, train up practically um, uh, in ministry and in the foundations. Um, spiritual foundations, and uh, also in business, and that kind of connects to to the second element of of uh, what we're trying to do, which is which we call a BIM, business in mission, um, and what the reason why, simply to explain the reason behind that is sending sending a single pastor or a single missionary to Europe um, costs a lot of money, and is largely ineffective. Um, we found that. Um, when you start a business, you immediately solve all your difficult logistical problems of, of trying to get into a country um, and get established in the community. Um, it immediately offers opportunity to actually connect with the co local community, the, the, the employees, the suppliers, the neighbors, the customers, and so on. Um, and so what we're wanting to do is try and uh, raise up teams of people that um, can take various different businesses that have a way of getting into the community and reaching that community and planting them, um, uh, helping them be planted, sorry, uh, to um, be self-sustaining, to reach that local community in teams where everyone is involved and that business's primary focus is not, well, just to raise money so that they can be there, but its primary focus is actually to be in the community and the primary mission of the business is to make disciples, to become churches, and uh, worship God. Um, so, I hope that was a short enough summary and clear enough summary. Um, before uh, David comes up, um, I don't need to introduce him, but uh, I do uh, want to introduce simply uh, what he's going to be preaching on. He's going to be preaching from Romans 12. Uh, this is one to six. Let us read it together. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will, uh, what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let's pray. 
Father in heaven, we, we are thankful for your grace in our lives. We're thankful for um, putting us into your body, Lord God. And as David comes and, and uh, speaks and preaches to us, Lord God, what you've laid on his heart from your word, Lord, we do pray that your spirit would um, lead him through your word, that he would speak of you in love, uh, that he would speak of, from your word in love, Lord God. Um, may we, Lord, listen with open hearts, ready to hear from you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Good morning, church. What a tremendous blessing it is to be here. We have been hopping around from city to city. We uh, originally started in San Francisco where we attended the um, church intensive, part of the We Are Church Network, and um, we're very encouraged, and uh, God confirmed a lot of not only what uh, God is doing um, in our church, but more specifically what God has commanded every church to be about, and uh, we were, from there we went on to St. George, where we visited uh, Sam and Aaron and the church there, as well as a couple churches that came to, together to hear about our desire to partner with like-minded churches, to train and equip and send people in Europe to plant churches, and they were very encouraging. I have to say, uh, we're not polished business types who can just get up and give a slick PowerPoint presentation, so... If you're going to give your first pitch or idea of church planting, let it be to a group of church planters because they offer a lot of grace and positive feedback. Ooh, don't do that again. So, um, so it was great. We were so encouraged by them. And, um, but I have to say before I start, I, it was my prayer as I was preparing um, to share with you today from God's word. It was my prayer that I would bring something specific for you. Everybody here who is in Christ has been given a special gift in the power of the Holy Spirit to be lived and worked out in the context of this community of believers. We're going to look into this and specifically in this text. My, my, preach, my sermon really hangs on verses 3 through 6, but I need to talk about verses 1 and 2 to get there. And so I'm actually going to say very little because I think verses 3 through 6 will be self-explanatory if we really come with a firm understanding of these first two verses. But I have to say, even as I entered the church today, having prepared and prayed and anticipating what God was going to do today, I was met at the door by three people ministering their gifts. Now, the security team may be on paper the first line of security. But I like to think of these guys as the first line of encouragement. Jim, Jim, and Joe, they're right there. I got hugs and handshakes, and it was great. We were fellowshipping. I didn't even make it. I was in the doorway being encouraged, ministering their gifts. What a blessing it is. And you see all the gifts going on up here, but also all the things going on behind the scenes. All of you who are life group leaders, all of you who serve others in the body and nobody knows about it but you're just compelled by God to go and share the love of Jesus in a tangible way there's a song that the song that we sang before we came up here was thine I am I I've sang that song hundreds of times hundreds of times 
But it was amazing to me to think that the Holy Spirit was doing something in Stephen's life to prepare what songs do I bring to the church today? And I'm praying, God, what, what sermon would you have to say? And I have to tell you that it, it is merged. Thine I am, O Lord, forever. Every song we sang, I was like, we could just sing these songs. These are all my points for my sermon. This is fantastic. But as we look at this text today, it is my hope to encourage you that you would come away with this single message that every believer in this church is called and equipped to do great things for God. Because every believer is given a spiritual gift to build up the body of Christ and what we contribute to the body is of eternal value. Does that truth really matter to you this morning? If you look there at the first verse of chapter 12, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. Chapter 12 to the end of Romans is the application to the first 11 chapters of this letter that lay out the amazing truth that we are not saved, we are not brought to God and reconciled to a holy, righteous God by doing religious deeds or doing good things, but by the righteousness given to us through faith in Christ alone. I appeal to you by the mercies of God. It begins with a right understanding of who God is, a right understanding of the mercies of God that have been poured out to you and to me this morning. I don't have time this morning to go through all of these mercies, but if you just took a, a, a quick glance, and if you took time this week to just meditate through those first 11 chapters, you would pull out all of the amazing truths and the mercies of God that the righteousness of God in chapter three has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Do you know these great truths of our mighty, awesome God who pours out his mercy on sick, twisted, undeserving sinners? That's you and that's me. And so I can't go into verses three through six until you really understand that he is being compelled to say these based upon the amazing, wonderful mercies of God that saved a wicked man like Paul and set him apart for the work of the ministry. And everybody here who's in Christ, you have been set apart for the work of the ministry in your context, in your way, that's going to build up the body of Christ. And that is of eternal value. Are your Bibles open? Is your app open? Are you looking at this text right now? You need to have an eye on me. You have some peripheral vision here. Look at your text and just kind of glance up and keep your eye on me to make sure I'm not veering from what God is saying today. I've been taking my church, every time I do 12, when we did chapter 12, I read the entire chapter before I preached the verses I was gonna preach. I wanted them to know that this is an all-encompassing application to the wonderful mercies of God. 
In chapter 8, he says there is no, do you know this? Do you know chapter 8 that because of the righteousness that has been given to you by faith, there is no more, there is no more condemnation. Can we wrap our minds around that this morning as believers in Christ? There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That the law of sin and death that you were under, that was pressing you down into hell, you've been set free from the law of sin and death because God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Oh, I preached a couple sermons on this verse, so I'm not gonna hang here too much longer, but I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God. And then he goes in and he says, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. He's basically saying, what is the most logical, reasonable response to the mercies of God? And the response is complete and total dedicated worship. Sacrificial worship to God. And he continues and he says, we do this, we give our lives total. Our lives become a total dedicated worship or sacrificial worship to God when we no longer conform ourselves to this world, to the cares of this world, to the pace and the lifestyle and the comforts and the goods and all the things that we can kind of build up to bring comfort. I was talking to Rich yesterday morning and and it was an encouragement to say, he said, you know, the biggest problem is, is everyone has this idea that I have to work hard so that my kids or the next generation doesn't have to work as hard. And he said, what a detriment that we're teaching the next generation. That somehow we can just make it easier for our kids so they don't have to contribute as much. He's saying, no, in Christ, In Christ, everyone has something to contribute, and we're not conforming ourselves the way the world thinks, but we're being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's renewing our minds. Because the way we think and what we meditate on creates and builds emotion toward things, and it's through thinking that we speak and act. And if our hearts are being changed, And if we have in mind this great and wonderful God and all the mercies he's poured out, we have a right view of God, then all of a sudden we begin to see ourselves. We think differently. We think differently according to the mercies of God. We no longer are conformed to the comforts and the pattern. Well, this is what everyone else is doing. And this seems to make the most sense. Being conformed with the renewing of our minds means what makes the most sense to you is not what is logical to the rest of the world. What makes sense to you as a believer is what makes the most sense to God, and that is total sacrificial worship in every area of my life. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And how we know what God wants for us, how we know what the best for our life in every situation is, is our mind is tuned toward the things of God in light of his mercies. We're able to test and discern God's will. That's the big popular statement. What's God's will for my life? There it is. That in wonder of his amazing love towards you, that while we were sinners, he died for you, that you would say then, my whole life is his. 
everything I do is worship to him. The problem in the church in Europe, the problem in the church in America today is we say this and say, amen, this is true. Our whole life is sacrificed to him. So on Sunday morning, I'm giving it my all because we're getting together and we're worshiping God. And we limit that sacrificial living to what God has prepared for us on this day. And we forget that he's saying it's our whole life is an offering of worship. Every moment so I'm not in the situation you are, David. You're in Germany. You know, you, you've been called. You've been sent. You're getting support from your church or other churches. So that makes sense for you. But you here today, you may not be one of the pastors on staff or a student at the West Institute. God wants to use them to bring glory to his name. But you who are working every day from nine to five or sometimes earlier, you who are home with your kids because God's called you to raise up your children in a godly way. That is sacrificial worship to God. That is bringing him glory. That is contributing something to the body of Christ and that is of eternal value to God. As I was praying this morning, my prayer was, Lord, I don't wanna get up here and bring something that's not fitting with what you're doing to this church. I don't wanna get up here and just go on a rant about something on my mind but what are you doing in the life of this church? And as I listen to the music and I hear the people singing, blessed be the name of the Lord. All I have is Christ. I say, yeah, this is for us today. This is for you and for me. And so in light of the mercies of God and the right view of God, we give our whole lives, and he is renewing our thinking to realize what his good and perfect will is for our life. And then he goes into the application. How is this applied? And I don't have to spend much time on this because this is gonna make sense to you now, if it hasn't already. For by the grace given to me, that's the calling and the gifts that God has given to Paul as an apostle. I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. What does it mean to think too highly of yourself? Because you could argue and say, well, David, you don't understand. I'm not really serving because I don't have what it takes to be like Don. I see all the stuff that guy's doing and oh, I'm not Don. You know, I, I see these guys up here and Tom and, and, and Steven are killing it on guitar and I, I can't do that. That's not, I, you know, I'm just, listen, I would like to tell you today that that is not humility, that is pride. And it minimizes the amazing wonder of God's grace in your life, that somehow God's grace towards you is not good enough to serve the church. How dare you think so selfishly about yourself? You're creating reasons to check out of the most important reality about you and that is you've been given a, a, a grace, you've been given a, a gift of the spirit to be lived out and to be served and this church will not reflect the likeness of Christ to its fullness until you get on board, get off your can and start serving God the way he's equipped you to serve and love people the way he's given you the ability to love. There are some people here today who come and you sit and you are a faithful sitter and listener. 
and you love to receive all the good things and you yes and amen all the truth and you get filled up and you leave here and instead of squeezing all that out and letting it flow out into the world around you, you just kind of hang on to it, absorb it until it all dries up. Then you show up next Sunday hoping to get refilled like a sponge. I really don't believe you're fulfilling all that God has called you to do with this amazing gift of eternal value in your life by just coming, sitting, and receiving. Now, this church is super weird. I can say that because I've been, I was a part of this church longer than most of you. Super weird. Because there are people who not everyone even knows who open up their homes and open up their Bibles and are pouring out life together, living life together. They're serving one another. It's not announced on Sunday. It's not a program that everyone has to get on board and sign up to go serve so-and-so. They're just doing it. There's dozens. I don't know how many, how many life groups are there? Over 20? Is that what you said? That's a lot. Which tells me 40 to 50% of the people in this room, this is like, yeah, amen. This, I'm seeing this in my life. Amen, David. We need to see more of this. I'm, I'm experiencing this, and I want to continue to experience this as I live out life, and, and, I, and I live out this measure of grace that God has given me. But there's another 50, 60% who have not figured this out yet. You're still asking, what's God's will for my life? And Paul is laying it out for you in this text. You need to present yourself to God your whole life as worship to him, sacrificial worship. And realize that he has given you something of great value in the Holy Spirit that is meant to be lived out in the context of the body. And this is why he says, for as in one body we have many members and the members do not all have the same function so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So the renewing of your mind begins to, to re, you're, you're beginning to think that, you're not thinking yourself as an individual. I am a husband, I am a wife, I am a teacher, I do these things. You don't think of yourself that way. You are an individual given a spiritual gift that is connected as an active appendage of the body of Christ. Can you imagine what it would be like if my right, I'm right-handed? If my right hand only worked on Sunday? You know, all the rest of the week, I'm just, you know, you're walking around, and ah, my, my arm doesn't work. Sunday, Sunday, but until then, you know, I'm just, there's nothing, I just can't do anything about it. And, and then Sunday, okay, I'm ready to go. Sunday's here, let's get serving, let's get going. Right hand's working again. We do the same thing. We disengage from the life and the beauty of the body of Christ because we got our own junk to take care of during the week. I got my schedule, I'm busy, I gotta make money, I gotta provide for my family. And you remove yourself that your family, if you're in Christ, is, is called to be a part of the body. What you do in your home matters. Do you open your home to bring other people in, to love them, to share the love of Christ? Or do you keep that separate? We compartmentalize our lives so quickly and Paul doesn't see a difference. He doesn't see a difference. that we're all members, we're all one body, and you individually are a member. You, you might be a little finger or a little toe. I think little toe doesn't mean anything. I know what a little toe means. When I was in high school, here's a cool story. When I was in high school, uh, I was chasing my little sister, Hannah. She was really little at that time, and I won't tell you what was going on. 
Okay, she had a knife. So, and, so I jumped up to grab the knife from her because you don't want a four-year-old, like, you know, cutting somebody. And I jumped up and I kicked the couch and my little pinky toe went like this. Whoop! And I'm laying there on the couch and my foot's up and my pinky toe's out this way and all of a sudden I realize, yeah, she's laughing now. She was laughing when it happened. <laughs> I hurt my toe. She walks downstairs. Which one? Which one? The one that's going 90 degrees the other. And then I had to run track on Monday. Boy, that pinky toe all of a sudden... It was a big deal. I needed that pinky toe to be able to hit the turn. And you, and you think, I'm just something small. I'm not significant. Until you're out of joint. And the church can't function. It can't run the race that God has called you to run the race. Man, you matter to God. If you didn't matter, he wouldn't have saved you. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have poured out his love through the Holy Spirit who dwells in you, as it says in Romans 5. You're a part of this body today. Don't be dead weight. Don't come in and just love the fact that there's good preaching and good music and we have the first line of encouragement when you come in the door. Man, they're there for you. But are you there for them? Are you engaging with what God's called you to do and to be for his glory? And so here's the command today. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. That's as far as I need to go today. That's all that God has given me to say to you. You have a gift. And how do I know that? Because if you're in Christ today, the love of God has been poured out into you. And it says in this text that every person has been given that measure of faith, that gift, that is to be worked out in the context of the body. Well, you know, I serve. I got my gift. I, I, I like to just, I'm a good neighbor, and that's good. Sharing the gospel with your neighbor, I hope you are. Well, and I'm, when I'm at work, I, try, I don't cuss and I don't swear. I'm not like those guys. That's great that you're being an example of righteousness. That's just character. Everyone's called to be an evangelist if you know an unsaved person. There are the gift of evangelists. We all know Sam Martin. There are those who are gifted in evangelism, but you're called to share the love of Jesus with people who don't know him. But in the context of the body of Christ, you have something God has given you of eternal value. It's a spiritual gift. Let us use it. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for your grace and mercy toward us. And that while we were sinners, while we were enemies of the cross, enemies of, of you, you demonstrated your love and you sent your only son to be born in the likeness of sinful flesh yet without sin to be the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And it's on this foundation of who you are and your mercies. I pray that we would reasonably respond by giving our whole lives in sacrificial worship to you. What I pray today for those of us who've been blessed and given the righteousness of Jesus Christ by faith, those who have received the mercies of God, I pray the Spirit of God would well up inside of them and you would convict them of their sin, 
the sin of omission, the sin of not engaging and, 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 and bearing fruit through the gifts you've given them. I pray they would repent of that today and turn towards you and say, Lord, I'm ready, I'm available. It can begin small by just, by just greeting somebody at the door. It could grow into sacrificial service towards other brothers and sisters in Christ. It's gonna grow into the person who thinks, oh, I'm not a teacher, and the spirit of God is gonna be in them and growing in them, and they're gonna be in the word, they're gonna be hungry for it, and you're gonna build up and send a teacher to preach and proclaim and lead people in truth. Thank you for this church and how they've been an example of godly leadership, an example of a, a group of, of mature believers who desire to do everything according to the word of God for the glory of God. But Lord, you still have so much more work to do through this church, not only to reach this community, but Lord, this church is reaching the nations. It's because of this church that the word was sent through your servant, your vessel, to go to the International Baptist Church of Cologne to simply open up the Bible and say, this is what God tells us to do. And the Spirit of God has responded and people are being saved. Christians are engaging in the work of the ministry. Lord, there has been a church in bond that's been planted because of the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God sent out by this church. Faithful, faithfully teaching, believing that they can make disciples who are gonna go make disciples. We give you the glory. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about your glory. May we never become so high-minded that we neglect the infinite, infinitely wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit and the gift you've given us for the body of Christ. This is my prayer. Amen.